Welcome, everybody, to the Silicon Sasquatch podcast. I am Aaron Thayer, the host for this recording, and we are in episode 48. Uh, joining me tonight is Nick Cummings. Hey, hey. And we have Spencer Tordoff. Hello. And Tyler Martin. Hi. Well, we are here to talk about Destiny. Uh, the beta just wrapped up last week on uh, next-gen consoles and previous-gen consoles, and about a month ago there was the Alpha. So all four of us here have played either the Alpha and or the Beta. Uh, we all have our opinions on that, which is what we're going to get to, but the reason we want to talk about Destiny is this is probably the biggest launch this year, especially on the Horizon. Uh, it launches in September on Xbox 360, PS3, and then, of course, PS4 and Xbox One. No PC version. So, this game is the first major title uh, in the post-Halo world for Bungie, and Bungie and Activision have teamed up to make quite a blockbuster. There were some reports uh, that seemed to be exaggerated a little bit, but about maybe a $500 million cost for this game and potential franchise, Bungie wants to have a 10-year life cycle out of this. It is essentially their next project. Who knows what other game they may do in the future. So it's a big deal in games, especially AAA games. So to start us off, uh, I am definitely in the pro-Destiny camp, but I want to hear from the rest of you guys. So who would like to go first and talk about Destiny, what they thought during the beta, and whether or not you might actually want to pick it up? I guess I'll go first. Um, so I picked up the beta when it went into a very wide open beta. Um, and initially I thought, and granted I'm on the 360, but I was like, okay, this is very pretty. It's a very interesting setting. And it was kind of all downhill from there. Um, just as I continued playing, the gloss sort of went away. It was just it was Halo Borderlands, just as I had kind of imagined, but let me, let me phrase it this way. <laughs> no, Basically, take your time, please. Let me take a hit off of that Baja. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Whatever that Mountain Dew does to you. It just, uh, it did not continue to hold my attention. It was, it was kind of underwhelming. And then finally, uh, once I got into competitive multiplayer finally because i was really beginning to get irate at the number of grinds uh the various things that you're expected to do before it'll unlock the next thing you can do um once i got into multiplayer i realized oh this game is gear dependent so not only am i going to get killed by people who are better than me i'm going to get killed by people who have simply invested more time than me and i don't play MMOs anymore. I really don't have the time to invest, and I do want some kind of competitive aspect of the games I play, so um, the notion of them stacking skill and gear-based combat uh, together just completely turned me off. Like, oh, well, never mind. And I stopped playing then, and I I just, that's it. That killed any remaining desire for the game that I had. Were you hoping for, like, a split competitive and story multiplayer modes i was thinking that the the competitive multiplayer would at least feature some type of um gear normalization mm -hmm. like so many 
types of competitive multiplayer do, uh, but it does not appear to. Especially you have, interesting if you... coming from a developer like Bungie, where like once Call of Duty Four got a lot really popular, the first like Modern Warfare game. That's when you started seeing perk systems being built into a lot of multiplayer shooters, and Bungie like actively tried to keep that away from Halo. Like Halo multiplayer, for better or for worse, was still just about like. Are you good at this game or are you not? Yeah, right. until Reach. And, and additionally, uh, perks are, you know, the more you play, the more perks you unlock. That is um, a sort of gear system, except that the perks, at least as I've ever encountered them, are never so powerful that one player will gain an edge, a huge edge, by having them. My uh, under- as opposed to, you know, somebody has some god-tier... Um, assault rifle that does twice as much as much damage. That was also as one of everyone the, else's. That was also one of the great things about Halo's single player was just the the treadmill, like the way you got used to certain enemy types and certain encounters. Like you have the exact same tools at the start of the game that you have at the end of the game. Like you can handle theoretically any encounter from the moment you put the disc in. But the first mm-hmm. time you come across a hunter, it was a very intimidating experience. And then by the end of the game, like you're killing two hunters at once. Like, yeah. And it's not a loot thing. You don't like find better guns. You just get better at the game. Yeah, and I think I think my experience in multiplayer was pretty limited. I played a few rounds on PS3 and then on Xbox One, and uh, I I think what it comes down to for me because I also like playing competitive shooters where I don't feel like I have to grind to compete on a fair playing field but i think that a lot of that like we mentioned call of duty i always thought felt really fair but you really do have to play a lot to unlock all the different guns all the equipment all the perks and things and the difference i think for me was perception where the call of duty games have never felt like i have to um keep grinding away until i finally have the stuff that will enable me to be good at the game like i'm going to keep getting stumped by people who just invested more time but don't have as much skill that was never really an issue for me like i think that starting with the AK or M16 or whatever it is, is just fine in that game. Uh, and in Destiny, I didn't really feel... I don't know, I'm actually curious to hear what Aaron thinks on this, because uh, I know you enjoy shooters online, obviously. We were just talking about Battlefield 4 before this podcast started and how much we all like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your feeling on the way that player level and gear and things play into the competitive multi? So, uh, to not diminish the complaints against it because I definitely did not have a good time in the beta doing competitive multiplayer. But um, if you look at the modes during the beta, there were two. There was the regular multiplayer competitive where it says on the um, tool tip or the uh, description of the mode that it's supposed to be equalized. Uh, basically within a level range, gear is not supposed to be important. So I'm going to chop up a lot of the complaints that you guys have, which are true, that you go in there and you pretty much get rolled by these people who have ground up to level 8 the best gear in a very limited beta, which is sad in and of itself, um, that I don't really believe that that's going to be a problem in the main competitive multiplayer in the core game. But there is the Iron Brigade, or the uh, Iron Modes, I, I forgot the name, um, which is pretty much unrestricted. So you can be the person who goes in there with the best gear, but you don't have to play that mode. You get bonuses for doing it, but you're not required to. What I'm curious is, so far, 
just as we're getting started, we're picking out the competitive multiplayer part and we're talking about Destiny like it's another shooter, which for me is why I'm so attracted to the game is I don't treat it like a shooter. I am interested in it and really sold on just the alpha and the beta because of everything it does in a good way with the MMO side. So even if the competitive multiplayer was more balanced in beta, I wouldn't really care. That's not why I'm going to buy the game. Mm -hmm. Well, I can only speak for myself here, but I don't miss... We we joke a lot about the uh, days we spent playing WoW, and I I do mean days and measures of hours, but um, it was a different time. Hundreds. (laughs) Yeah, but I, I do... I miss that community aspect of games, and I think it's what draws me to try new MMOs every year or two. Like, that's why I bought the Old Republic. It's why I played Age of Conan, if anyone remembers that, for about oh, a do. week. Um, and I always think it's really interesting when a game can take people's input there, the way they play the characters, the way they inhabit these social environments, the way they try and interact with people. I think games that really try to leverage that in meaningful ways are fascinating. And, like, I really... That was actually a big reason I wanted to try Bungie is because it was, or sorry, <laughs> Destiny, because it was Bungie trying to uh, break into that whole environment that I'd never done before, but on top of a solid, I think we can all agree it feels like a very solid shooter. Like there, mm-hmm. there are no problems with how, um, in my experience, the gameplay, the core shooting against uh, uh, computer controlled enemies feels. So um, I, I brought this up before to, to tail off of what, you're you're talking about with it being like an MMO, but we don't miss MMOs, right? We don't want to play another WoW because I'm the same way. Yeah, but I think I need to not do that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think anybody who's over 25 should do that anymore. And I'm sorry if you're over 25 and you still play a lot of Rift, but um, I'll tell I you. think <laughs> I think Destiny is important, and it's a perfect game for me because I played MMOs. In a very weird way. I always played them generally solo, or maybe with one or two other people, like Nick um, in World of Warcraft and one of my online friends. Uh, I never do the raids. I never do the competitive PvP stuff. I only do it because I like to explore, and I like to play with a select group of friends. So Destiny, to me, and again, this is all the beta. We'll see how the full game is. Um, It is casual. It takes the idea of having a persistent world, but it's very limited, almost in a way that, to me, and it's maybe a a weird comparison, would be like Nintendo's version of an MMO. Um, Not the violence and not the sci-fi-ness, perhaps, but it's adding the elements of drop-in, drop-out, multiplayer, cooperative missions, cooperative dungeons. Yes, there's the loot and the gear, but that has more structure and destiny than anything I saw in Borderlands. That's why I'm excited for it. Mechanics aside, multiplayer uh, competitive aside, this game is going to be great for me because I'm an adult that has like 80 hours of shit to do a week. I can go on to destiny and play with somebody as a friend in a very unrestricted multiplayer sense, unlike the co-op campaigns in a lot of games, which I still think co-op kind of sucks, even in a lot of newer games. Mm Mm-hmm. There's like a set mission structure. You have to be at the same point to join that person's game. There's not a lot of cooperative shooter elements. So Destiny, to me, is a perfect game that takes the MMO things I like and the shooter things that are fun and doesn't ask a lot of me. I do not 
I did, okay, granted, you know, I only played a couple days worth. I did not get the impression that the MMO aspects of Destiny are reduced in any way. Uh, it, it seemed to be an MMO. Uh, certain areas are not going to be accessible to you if a friend is higher level than you. I mean, that's just the nature of MMOs, and uh, I don't see how it's any different. I think it's far less than something that has a paywall, though, right? I mean, there's grindy elements, which is lamentable, because you know I think we should be past that in games, but as a trick to get you to play more. But I... I don't know how long it will take to get the level cap. Um, the announced level cap is 20 for Destiny, but there's an article out there talking about how it's like a soft level cap, so you can go beyond that with some special kind of level up items, however it works. But who knows how long it takes to get to that level cap. I guarantee you it's not going to be nearly as long as it took to level up in WoW or something similar. Yeah. And that, to me, is why I'm interested. Yeah, there are MMO elements, you're right, Spencer, that it has uh, the grindiness or you're going to be locked out if your friends level cap in a raid and you're not. But it is more casual about that and it's more like I can see myself getting there. Unlike if I picked up an MMO today, I would look at that and go, fuck it, there's no way I can finish this. Maybe this is their way of getting around the whole uh, dichotomy of multiplayer shooters where a lot of people will just hop into the multiplayer immediately without ever touching the single player. Like That's very common with Call of Duty. It was common with the Halo games. So maybe if it's like, you're not going to be competitive until you hit 20. So hit 20, and if it doesn't take very long, then play through the game, hit 20, and then you'll have a solid idea of the game mechanics and uh, the systems in place, and you can, you'll probably have the right equipment to be competitive as well. I don't know. What this is beginning to sound like a lot to me is pretty much Diablo 3, especially with the release of the... Um, of whatever that hooded asshole that you have to fight and then you can do stuff forever. Uh, that's exactly what it seems like to me. And ultimately I don't want that in my shooters, my shooters. I want to be fast and clean and not overly penalize somebody for not having played before. And my, uh, those games that I do want to indulge in that involve a substantial grind. I, I want those to be separate from that. So I'm curious if you can unpack that a little bit because yeah. you keep bringing it back to also the competitive part. So just that, and I know you love shooters like I do with Battlefield and mm-hmm. that kind of uh, competitive element, but is it really the sticking point that in the beta, the competitiveness, the way that, because that could be changed easily, right? Would you agree that they could patch that to where gear is less important in a certain uh type of multiplayer perhaps but you still have to um spend several hours getting to the point where multiplayer is accessible uh now i mean tyler was just commenting you know this is their way of forcing people to actually engage in the story somewhat um i don't think what do you think about the story that's what i was getting i don't i don't know it's uh i'd actually be more i'd be more excited to play it single player that's really what it comes down to. I'd be much more excited to check but out that can. story without the... Yeah, but it's it's slaved to so many mechanics and involves grinds. I just... 
I'm not you, interested. You enjoyed Borderlands, though, right? I enjoyed Borderlands because it was funny. Oh, see, I didn't think it was that funny. I, I thought it was. I, I thought it was very funny. I thought um, Borderlands was pretty bad. Borderlands or Borderlands Two. Both? Borderlands Two is worse. I finished Borderlands One. I cannot finish Two. Okay. I think I think that's why we have a differing opinion, at least from the beta side, um, on Destiny. Spencer is. I I get where you're seeing it. You're you are seeing it as a shooter, like. It is a shooter, which I'm not it saying it feels it's not. like a shooter. The, the but it feels like a bungee shooter, and that's really, really good until you know damage numbers stop popping up, and I'm yeah at that, at that point I just disconnect. Where where it's helping me to come from is this is a co-op uh, MMO light, and that's not a good selling back of the box quote, but that just during the beta, I mean, I leveled up each of the classes, the Titan, Warlock, and Hunter, to level 8, to try them. I mean, I really like uh, yeah. shows. I like the, the beta. But um, I played by myself most of the time, and then with a friend on the PS3 version. That was the only time I got to do really any multiplayer. But playing all the way from single or uh, as a single player to the level cap was still fine. And the missions that we were given were just sketches of the overall plot. Like there's going to be more to do. So that's where I'm coming from. And I guess that's maybe where I'm not seeing the holes that you see is Mm -hmm. this is an interesting co-op story shooter and hey, there's competitive multiplayer that I'll never do because every time I do it in an MMO, regardless of equalization, there's always some asshole in Warsong Gulch who's got like Thunder Fury or I some guess, shit. I guess I agree with, um, I, I totally get where Aaron's coming from with this. Um, I actually, my favorite part of the entire thing was what the, what the story was hinting at. But, um, I have some concerns just based on the way it was presented, uh, up mm-hmm. to the point that I played, which was just, um, I didn't feel any connection to my character at this point, and granted, that could just be part of the beta. Did you feel connected kind of, to Master Chief? I felt connected to Master Chief and Cortana as much as I would to an average game avatar, as much as Marcus and Dom. Well, maybe not quite as much as that, because they were awesome. <laughs> I, I enjoyed Halo's Maria! story, but I never gave a shit about Master Chief. And towards the end of the, the Halo trilogy or whatever, um, I kind of started dislike Cortana as a presence. And yeah, I don't like how they wrote her towards the end of that series. I think and that's my issue like with before. Destiny is kind of hypocritical actually. Because, I mean, I, I haven't spent as much time with the with the game as you guys did. I just didn't have the time. But from what I played, it it feels very similar to Halo, but not enough. It's like if they wanted to make a new thing, I wanted them to make something wholly new, something that felt completely different but if they were going to make something halo-esque i wish it had been more halo-esque and not quite with the the mmo trappings that's interesting i'm actually glad it's similar but this is the game that i wish halo always was i never Hmm. really cared about halo see i i think there's truth to all these things and for me my only my biggest concern really is just that they're trying to do too much within one specific game and it's it's gonna have repercussions yeah. like negative repercussions overall did you guys see a lot of story in the beta not a lot it's mostly I just mean, dinklage bot talking to you yeah you're you're another 
a hero of the universe type and you're going to save humanity. I mean, that's really the boilerplate. Yeah, I'm just... so With the way it's set up, I'm just very curious of what the narrative arc is going to be like. Yeah. Um, I didn't the, get a good uh, sense for that. The last uh, day of the beta, they uh, opened up the moon as an extra level. So there was a mission on the moon, and that, I felt, hinted at way more to the story. Oh. At least as a catalyst to the dungeons and the raids that they're going to have, which will be six-person ones, instead of the three-person kind of mini-boss dungeons. Oh, that's kind of cool. So, I, I mean, that gets back to Spencer's earlier point about, you know, hey, this is an MMO, and then where does the loot grind stuff stop? But, I mean... I don't, I never minded loot grinding, but it was so unattainable in the the vanilla OG MMOs that it just was not palatable. This seems more than feasible because if you look at grinding, realistically in the beta, the only grinding happened if you chose to go to the open roam map and do those little grindy missions. But weren't you just referring to that as a selling point for it? Well, you could, but what I'm saying is with looking at it as a single-player or co-op game, if you just do the story missions, you're still going to level up. I mean, again, this could change to the release, and maybe you need to go do those open map grind missions to, to supplant some of your experience. But in theory, you should be able to go and just do the story missions with up to three people on your fire team and see all there is to see. And maybe you just play it as that, as a co-op. Maybe you don't do the loot grind. Because the story missions give you what seems to be pretty great gear for that level. But again, if you feel underpowered and you're doing the competitive multiplayer, I can see where going back and having to feel like, oh, I gotta do this dungeon four more times, gets back into that old carrot and stick thing. So, I, I guess what's actually kind of interesting is isn't destiny succeeding just from this beta that we all have kind of three different or well several different viewpoints of it that it's almost three different games right that it's a single player it's a competitive and it's a co-op game but we can all play it in those different ways i think I... the difference is that we we see it as different things because it is all of those things but if you're talking about success from activision or bungie's point of view uh that's a different question i think it's going to sell. I mean, we can't deny that. But will Destiny 2 sell? Yeah, that's going to be the thing. It, will it have a 10-year lifespan? The bigger question is, want? when is Destiny 2 even going to come out? Like they're, they're talking about this game having a long tail. They've already announced like season pass plans for the game. And Bungie is right. not the speediest of developers. I mean, they don't, they're sure. not known for delays or anything, but Destiny 2... At the absolute earliest, wouldn't be out until like 2016, probably 2017. Yeah, I guess it's going to come down to business too. Like, uh, well, also technical. Technically, can they? Will there be a demand for expansion content or DLC on those older consoles? And can they keep patching that, or will it get to a point where they need to push everybody to the next gen? And if so, does that necessitate a retail Destiny 2 earlier? And if it is more of an MMO, it's going to be more reliant on just like gradual content additions not full-on sequels yeah i think that's what they're going to do and i'm willing to eat crow if that's not the case but i really don't see them doing a sequel of this anytime before close to the next console generation 
I mean, they wow. are they are putting this on the last gen consoles, not just as a cash grab opportunity, but I really ten years is, of course, the PR quote, but. I wouldn't be surprised if they had this just as it is with uh, extra content for five years at least. Yeah, I hope so. I think it would be cool to see. I think that if Bungie is going to really make it big on this game, they need to convert the first-person shooter console audience unwittingly into MMO players, and that's how they're going to have to do it. That sounds kind of depressing mm-hmm. to me because I always have a really <laughs> hard time getting invested in uh, MMO stories or I mean, especially the soloing MMOs. I mean, let's be honest. This story is pretty much Halo. Yeah. Like, it's not hard to get into, and it has more stories so far than a lot of MMOs I've played in just a beta. But, again, how many of us really play shooters for the story? Very rarely, aside from maybe, uh, we were talking about this before the podcast, Wolfenstein. Mm -hmm. Um, Very rarely do shooters actually do a great job of making a story that matters. You're just doing it as a means to the mechanics of shooting. I think Destiny, with the social elements it has, has a chance of sticking around for a long time. But just like Spencer's concerns of the multiplayer, you know, the core story and leveling up alt characters and joining up with your buddy to help him level only goes so far. So if the expansion content doesn't come out within the first year and then another one a year later or something like that, and then more content after... I mean, how will it survive for more than five years? Well, the other... Okay, not to go way into my thinking that, you know, for all the things that Destiny is, it is not one of them really in a fleshed-out way. Um, That's the other major concern that I have, is that it's supposed to be this big social multiplayer game, but they've effectively managed to divide the player base into four camps. Yeah. And there's no there's no PC release, which is, I mean, it's not a deal breaker for me necessarily, but it's uh, certainly doesn't help. And then PS4, PS3, uh, Xbox uh, uh, 360 and Xbox One are all separate. And if you're pushing a social game, um, you know, the smarter move, honestly, would have been to um, not even do a release on 360 and PS3 just to force more people into, uh, you know, make that the thing that causes them to buy a new console is that they want to play destiny just to swell the player base. But I think that you're looking at two different people's definition of smart, but this is the, I mean, Activision Activision has stockholders. This is the Activision. That's that's totally Activision. Well, I, I would contest that, uh, stockholders are ever smart and our society is evidence to that and we're very grateful to have them (laughs) go capitalism but nevertheless um as far as doing an mmo game that's not what you do like you you have to unify as much as possible that's why sony uh bent over backwards with uh square to get um, I'm pretty sure it was the full version of both FF11 and FF14, if I'm not mistaken, on yeah. the PS3 because they did not no. want to subdivide that uh, player base. Is 14 on PS3? Yes. I don't know. Is that it? is Crazy Town. Yeah, and that's what I mean is that they're trying to have the largest player base possible. You don't do that by coordinating things off. Well, I mean that's, but then again, this is what. This game is confusing, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. we're we're now comparing it to a direct MMO. 
Mm-hmm. And again, Bungie is not an MMO, or Bungie Destiny is not an MMO, but it is, like, in a way. And that's... And if you want to go with where... the Borderlands comparison, like, that's not something you can do in Borderlands. You can't play between PC and PS3 or PS3 and Xbox 360. That's Right, true. but Borderlands yeah. does not try to be an MMO. Well, what Borderlands... about Diablo? You can't play Diablo 3 console with PC and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. For... I mean... For Blizzard, console sales have always been kind of a rounding error for them. I really well, so is Bungie. I mean, and with PC anyway. Like, yeah. So, but that's the thing is, I don't think that that Bungie has even issue... made a PC game in God. Yeah, that's yeah, only since, since Halo uh, One. What, was the, what last was the one RTS that came out. game? Halo One uh, was Myth. Box. Yeah, Myth. Yeah, Myth, and then Oni was the last game they I think published or developed themselves for pc yeah as a terrible ps2 launch title it was garbage um like that so that doesn't bother me about it because uh i mean i don't know it should i really do think it should at the very least the dick swinging between sony and microsoft should have stopped for this one game like you think activision may have enough influence to bridge that even though that's totally a pipe dream like, at least, hey, the the last-gen and the new-gen console versions could play together. That would have been huge, but that didn't remotely even happen. But I don't think that that um, is a knock against it, and I definitely agree with Nick that, you know, Activision made a smart move, which I'm pretty sure is what pressured them to keep the last-gen versions going. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the game you guys had mentioned that, or one of you had before uh, we started recording that, the game is pretty much playable and the same on last gen. So what are you really missing out on aside yeah. from graphics? Well, and, like, uh, I just wanted to like mention real fast, like you know, we talked about the fact that we're all coming at this game from different angles. And I think that what Aaron was just talking about really exemplifies that this is a big, like we've run several articles about this game already on the site. It's not like us to do podcasts about things over and over, but like. There's a lot to unpack with this game. And the fact that it's launching on four different consoles at the same time, but also like creating these separate MMO communities, which, you know, we can argue that they should have been all one and that's problematic, which it very well may be. But like there, there are so many factors at play here. Like we don't know how much of that it has to do with uh, networking restrictions between consoles, between, you know, Microsoft Bullshit. and Sony. What are you talking about? That's, that's total horseshit. Point to an example of a game that works across PS3 and PS4. That isn't there is no technical reason that that has never been done. I mean, there's a technical reason think, that the PS3 I don't think you're qualified to do. say that. I don't think any of us is. I, I may not be qualified to say it, but I can still say it with some certainty. There's it, no technical reason it is that possible. would prevent... Bungie said they, don't, they didn't want to do it because of the difference in fidelity. They thought it might affect the competitiveness of the game. And sniping sure. and all that, yeah. And I, I didn't mean to, like, single you out there. I just, like, it's a complicated thing to develop for a console. No, I totally understand that. But from, I mean, just from the standpoint of networking, I mean, you if you can have Mac and PC crossplay, you can have Xbox and PlayStation crossplay. Oh, totally. I mean, it's all just networking protocols. They're exactly. All... Exactly yeah. what I mean. Um, the other thing, I mean, Aaron, you said, well, you know, it'll play on your current gen consoles. What's the problem with that? You got a PS4. I would want, in this hypothetical, to play with my friends. That is where I go. That's the type of gamer I am. Well, yeah. And of course. that's not an option. You know, a PS4 just isn't in the cards for me. At that point, I have to pick which of the four small, well, in my case, two uh, small communities are available for me to play in. And that is just not an appealing 
This is uh, a thing you do with me. literally every multiplayer game on multiple consoles, though. It's always like which console has the biggest new. friends base. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. But if you again, if you're trying to encourage a large community and have a long tail, that's not going to help. Well, I think if you're actually... doing a yearly release, then it's fine. You know, oh, I picked up Call of Duty for PlayStation this time. I'll get it for Xbox next time, whatever. It's only next year. And they're saying that, you know, Destiny 2 isn't going to be a thing until 2017. That's shooting yourself in the foot. That's if it's Well, you know, here's what I think is Bungie knows what it's doing with the, the fragmentation of the audience, if only because your character is saved to a Bungie account and exist across consoles. Did we establish like, that? I know that it is set, it exists because, between... Yes. Um, I couldn't get my characters on the Xbox One when I logged into my live Sorry, account. between same platform consoles. That reduces okay. so, it somewhat, but not that's completely. That's nothing. the thing, is if you think of it, like it, in our example, in our sample size, it is possible that, in theory, all four of us could be playing the game on four different platforms. Like... For some reason, let's say Nick, uh, his brother has an Xbox One. He's he's playing it over a long weekend on the Xbox One, starts a character there. Maybe, Spencer, you buy it on the 360 or PS3 at, at your house. Maybe Tyler buys it on the PS3 and I buy it on the PS4. So, of course, we're never going to play with each other. But Aww. that's the thing, is <laughs> if if we all wanted to play it on the common denominator, which would say be a PS3... You know what? I would be convinced to do that, and I am in the minority in that sense. But because I know later on, down the road, that character is saved. That if someday I did, hey, I just upgraded to a PS4. You know what? I'm going to buy Destiny again in high fidelity, and my friends are getting it, even though this is two years after it came out. Oh, cool! My character's there from the last gen version. I don't think that that's something that they're going to push, but there's a reason that they have those characters available. They know that right now the hundreds of millions of install base potential for PS3 and 360 would be stupid to ignore and that eventually those people will cross over to the next gen and they hope to be there during that 10 years so you might as well make your characters mm-hmm. transferable. I think that's like really I think smart. that that's their plan. Yeah. Hopefully so, but again, I just in the short term I just don't think it's smart to get really really get people going. Well, I think they are entering into a market in 2014 that's in a stranger state than I think I've ever seen in the games industry since maybe, like, the GameCube came out and everyone was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it is a really <laughs> weird year, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it I is. mean, like, even journalists at E3 were just like, this is super weird. Where is anything coming out this it's, year? Yeah. And, like, it's a tough time to launch a new game. It's also a big window in that sense because what else is coming out in September? Like, Bungie, this is Bungie's month. And, um... Mm-hmm. I imagine they part are... of the reason they want it out in September is to make sure that any kinks that are inevitably going to arise from an online game like this are ironed out by the time Black Friday and the holiday season hits. And game and of the year intentionally list. ruin the lives of school children that just got back in school in September. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't study. You don't need yeah. your Tolstoy. This is your destiny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I, I think that obviously, I think we all agree that financially, it's very likely, or at least I, I would assume that we all can see that it would make sense for them needing to launch on old gen consoles just to recoup on this investment they made over the last four or five years since they finished, they wrapped up Reach, 
They severed their contract with Microsoft and they moved on their merry way. The fact of the matter like, is that the only people, well, the only uh, publisher or developer that's really invested in the success of the Xbox One or the PlayStation 4 are Microsoft and Sony. Uh, a third-party developer doesn't really need to worry about, like, oh, we need to like push the next gen. It's like they're only worried yeah. about the sales of each individual game they're putting out. But I bet that they hope people will double buy. Mm-hmm. I mean, over five or ten years, it's almost assumed, I bet. Especially if you hook people in early, and then, like, once they get an upgrade, you show them, like, maybe you offer, like, a discounted upgrade. I don't know if the game has, like, an online pass or something, but if you upgrade if from you... 360 to the 1, it'd be great if they yeah. had, like, something to roll out later for a discount. Yeah. It would make Realistically, sense. Realistically, there's no reason with, uh, for them. That's what they do with Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. If you have the PS3 version, you can easily upgrade to the uh, PlayStation 4 version. Weirdly I enough, be... Destiny made me want to play Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> well, that's a whole other problem. Yeah, yeah that's a uh, that might be a, a brain long, tumor. You may want to get that looked into. Yeah. yeah. Well, between that CRT thing I did with my Super Nintendo ROMs, I have and... again, on we, PS3. It's a good we have a spare CRT in the garage. You could just have that. <laughs> but that's the easy way out. I don't know why you guys are hating on fourteen. <laughs> That's no, what... I want it. It looks good. I just don't want to invest the time in it. Oh. I heard that it did so... get really good since the revision, but uh, yeah, that's I kind of it's like a... basically a, a totally new game. Yeah, I've heard so that's what like we're going to best... be playing instead of Destiny this year, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> game of the year, FF14. Woo! Uh, but no, I mean, so okay, so Destiny is a lot of different things, and it may not be the same things to each of us. Like, um, for me. I think, like, Spencer, what it really comes down to is I want to see what the narrative arc really looks like in totality. Like, what does this game ship with? How long is the single-player campaign really build at? And is it just primarily your little robot buddy telling you what's going on while you shoot things? Or is there more depth and diversity to the missions and the structure of that? Or is it, on the other hand, more MMO-heavy, social-heavy and things than we've seen up to this point in the, in the beta? And is there a story um, with an ending, or is it just going to be, like, trickle of stuff that's added on with each new addition to the game yeah exactly like is there like a main bad guy who you don't kill until the fifth expansion or something stupid you know like wow pulled that and i mean Mm -hmm. i you know i'm certainly intrigued by those questions as well i just don't think that it's worth a 60 dollar purchase that may leave me um stuck out in the cold if i choose the wrong side no one's gonna fault you for for waiting and seeing like no. To make a declaration no, no, no. right Perhaps. now, like, I'm absolutely not buying this game. I am not going to play this game. I do not like Green Eggs and Ham. I do not like them, Sam. I am. Like, <laughs> there's no reason just to be a stick in the mud right now. The game's not that's, out yet. Yeah. You play the beta. That's true. Things that, yeah, you sound like me and Mobus. Warcraft beta <laughs> that's that's true. I do sound like that, and you're absolutely right. I may reconsider at a later time. For right now, though, um, I am going to continue playing really stupid shit, because... This is when when would that ever change, though? I mean, even Civilization Beyond Earth is coming out this year, and you're probably just going to play Alpha Centauri. Oh, it's out this year. Well, yeah. I'm so I'm already disappointed oh, in that because it doesn't have uh, more than three factions. It seems like. See, there we go. Oh well, my you'll God. find Get a way. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying. You know, if you wanted a real experience like that, you have to have a variety of different philosophies to choose from. They didn't have religion <laughs> to Civ Five until the second expansion. Yeah. Give it time. Okay. 
And it was Will there be mods available for Federation purposes? Uh, well, if they've got <laughs> if they've got Workshop, then worst case, I'll be able to just download the factions from Alpha Centauri. But we're getting right, really far afield here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so like to wrap it up, I don't know. Like, do you guys have any ways that like any last questions or anything? Because like, what I keep coming back to is it seems like we each have these different internalized visions of what Destiny could or should have been, um, and I think even Aaron could probably find some areas where he's hoping to see more of something, less of something, or, you know, some sort of, you know, final product built out of this, like, seed of the beta. And, um... Yeah, I'll I'll end by saying that my expectations and my hopes for it are, I expect this to be probably the best console co-op story-driven shooter that I've played probably ever just because of if I have people to play with, at least it's going to definitely empower me to, to feel that. And I definitely hope that it, it has an interesting narrative arc and there is an ending. So if you don't have the DLC, you can walk away feeling like you've at least accomplished something. I think I might just go back and play gears of war again. <laughs> All aboard the coal train. Yeah. It's a smooth ride. It's like two assholes in their first date. (laughs) No, I I tend to agree, though. That was an excellent one. I'm, uh, as far as co-op goes, a little more excited for um, Evolve right now. Oh. Otherwise, I'm going to... Pass. What? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it looks great, but... Tune in for podcast part two when... I wish I had gotten evolve. more time with the beta, but I'm, I am playing a wait-and-see approach. I am not down on the game. I enjoyed uh, all the Bungie-made Halo games. Well, I didn't play Reach, but the other ones I all enjoyed, especially ODST, but this seems far different from that. So I'm hoping that this can deliver uh, an experience that would appeal to me. I love Borderlands. I'm not sure how similar this is going to end up being to that, uh, mm-hmm. aside from like the, the loop-based shooting. But it seems like it's not quite as ha- has a, a high an emphasis on picking up new gear and new guns all the time. Hopefully, they don't have yeah. as much trash as Borderlands. I guess I'll just say that I, as you guys know, I value games that have ambitions and try to do new things with what they have in front of them. And whether it's an indie developer pushing out a story that couldn't get published by a traditional publisher, or if it's like a major company banking the company on some ambitious, massive, crazy new idea, you know, I'm all about that. And um, what I was hoping to see with the beta is different from what I got. And what I played, all the pieces felt right, but the way it all came together felt wrong to me. Like the shooting and the story and... The social and the multiplayer, it all kind of felt disjointed. And I think that for me, it's going to take seeing what the final product looks like and seeing if Bungie really does deliver another, you know, yes, cheesy, Halo was very cheesy, but, you know, epic, compelling story out of it. And it looks like they've got everything in the right place. It's just a matter of how it all comes together in the final edition. Hey, guys, let's start a Crypt of the Necrodancer uh, clan. I want that game. Uh, but to, to summarize my feelings, I I left the beta feeling 
um, like I had a bad taste in my mouth. Maybe that'll change later, but um, for now I'm in no hurry. Aaron, you'll have to tell us what you think of the final game. I actually really want to hear. Yeah, I'm certainly I intrigued. I am of this group, the only one buying it for sure. I uh, pre-ordered it with the like the what ninety dollar pass version, so I'll have oh, the geez. DLC. Oh. Also, well, I did the same thing so. with Battlefield. I really can't judge. Yeah, yeah, we paid ninety dollars for that game. Um, yeah, so it's coming out in September. Uh, I'm sure that we will post more about it on the site, and I will be the unpaid cheerleader for it in the interim. So, uh, well, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me tonight. Uh, can you tell everybody where you're located on Twitter? Well, I can be found at Spencer Tordoff, and I actually just uh, shipped the latest episode of Player Accounts, episode six. So um, head over there, check that out. Um, and otherwise, I'm probably going to uh, play Wolfenstein until my eyes bleed. So don't don't contact me about doing any more episodes just yet. Not until I finish and that's that. PlayerAccounts.net. PlayerAccounts.net. Uh, well, you can find me at Nick Cummings on Twitter, uh, where I'm descending into a slow fugue state over these, all these ROMs. <laughs> aren't you, aren't you developing something? I thought that was going to be your big push this weekend. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a dumb thing with a friend and, uh, hopefully next week I'll have something to show on that front. You can find me at uh, Tyler A. Martin, although I'm not tweeting much lately because most of my days are being spent at a summer camp with very little cell reception. Yes. Is this the kind of summer camp where people like get stabbed by a masked killer? It's uh, it's in Japan, so it's... Okay. That Okay, so it's probably like a, a really creepy young killer who was drowned there yeah it's not like jason american mm. camp sorry that was just my cultural imperialism acting up. yeah sorry that'll happen sorry about that uh <laughs> anyway look out for yourself don't don't wander near any lakes luckily we just got rivers nice yes that's the way rivers. to do it and i am at aaron there uh i'm not tweeting as much and that's mostly because i still don't get twitter sometimes but um other than that i'm just doing a lot of side projects, but you can always keep up with us on at Sasquatch gaming. Uh, we post on there every week when we do our new content and always check us out at siliconsasquatch.com. Thank you everybody. Silicon Sasquatch is an independent blog covering the social and cultural significance of games based in Portland, Oregon. Our five team members are Doug Bonham, Nick Cummings, Tyler Martin, Aaron Thayer, and Spencer Tordoff. This episode of the Squatchcast was produced by Nick Cummings. We publish new essays, editorials, analyses, and everything in between all the time at siliconsasquatch.com. Follow along on Facebook at facebook.com slash siliconsasquatch, or on Twitter, where we are at sasquatchgaming. If you enjoyed our show, please tell your friends and subscribe to future episodes on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode.